Welcome to the Seven Figures Podcast, where we give you the information to help you dominate your finances. Today, if you're struggling financially, or if you're not where you want to be, chances are you're struggling with your confidence. I'm Sandy Waters. Much love to our uh, good friends at Family First Credit Union for supporting this podcast. From personal banking to business services and home loans, their number one priority is finding a solution that works for you locally. So let's talk about your confidence. Would you say you're a confident person? I thought I was. (laughs) Until I got Sheila's book. So I invited Sheila Kennedy in a while back for our Neighbors in Need podcast. And she was doing a hosting an author's soiree to benefit Resolve, uh, a local organization here in Rochester, New York, that benefits domestic violence victims. And before she left, she was very sweet. Before she left, she gave me her book. You had it all along. Five Keys to Unlocking the Power of Confidence at Your Core. And I thought, well, that was very nice of her to give me one of her books. I'm probably not going to read it. I don't need this. I don't need a confidence book. But that was very nice. I appreciated the gesture. So a couple weeks went by and I picked up the book and I said, well, let me see. Let me check it out. The very first page, the introduction, which, by the way, I never read the introduction. But for this book, I did. Are you feeling confident? Many women would say yes, but in reality, they hide behind a mask of false confidence. They cover their insecurities to make it look like they have it all together on the outside. But the inside story is much different. They stay stuck in a sea of mediocrity because they are secure in the safety of what they know and repel opportunities to live and succeed outside of their comfort zone. They also tend to struggle with making the income they deserve, unsatisfying relationships at home and work, being paralyzed by indecision, the tug at their heart to pursue their passion. Okay, so I read that and I'm like, oh, crap. Maybe I don't have the confidence I thought I had. So I invited Sheila back in for this podcast, the Seven Figures Podcast, author Sheila Kennedy and confidence coach. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Before we expose our lack of confidence um, and how that very first paragraph in your book really hit home for a lot of us, um, what is that one aha moment for you Mm. or the God, why did someone tell me sooner? Right. Well, there's several, but I think one of the things that in my authorship, I guess, um, and being a business owner, what I've realized is as I was doing the research for these books and things like that, is that this is all of confidence is directly related to risk taking. And so I wasn't taking risks. And so that meant I wasn't growing my business. I wasn't reaching out and making connections with people because I wasn't sure I was going to have a, be OK in that relationship. So I yeah. wasn't taking those risks. I wasn't willing to invest in team members because that's risky. What if they don't do what I want them to do? What if I, you know. Um, all of those things. And so as I was interviewing the entrepreneurs from Choices to Changes and things like that, I was realizing that what all of this is, is about how we take risks. And so if we can accomplish and, and we can feel better about our confidence level, and I'll explain exactly what that means a little bit later, but if we can feel good about that, then we're going to be able to take risks, which means we're going to be able to grow. And that means grow our money, grow our businesses, grow our relationships, you know, whatever that is. But growth is going to be directly related to risk. And I didn't realize that until after I finished writing these books. 
All right. So let's get in the mindset, the right mindset that you have to have. So then you can flourish in the areas that you want to. And specifically, this podcast is about finances, but it's all tied in. You know, your overall general happiness and stress level is kind of tied into the finances. It sure is. Both of these books, uh, You Had It All Along and Choices to Changes, are connected, right? Mm -hmm. First book was You Had It All Along. Mm -hmm. And you said you had the five keys to being confident and successful. Can we go through those? Sure. Okay. Sure. So um, I believed, you know, first thing, a little bit about the whole power acronym is to talk about the fact that um, I didn't feel very confident. I wasn't growing my business. Like there was a whole lot going wrong in my life. And I was like, okay, but if I was just, if I just felt better about who I was and I just had some more self-esteem or confidence, um, and there's a difference between those two words, uh, but I, I will be okay and I'm going to make money. And I, I'm watching all of these gurus and all of these business owners and they're all flourishing and look so successful. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, like, what right. is the okay. thing? Like, I don't understand. And then you t- tend to blame other right. things. And it, oh, well, it must blame- be my boss holding me down or yeah. it must be, you know. And I couldn't blame anybody else because it was me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I guess I have to just figure out how to build this confidence. So okay. I can grow and do... Um, what I want to do. I couldn't achieve my goals. So um, that's what you had it all along started out as. And that came from this power inventory, you know, power acronym. And so P, um, it start, it's for personal inventory. I had to figure out what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were, what I was all about, who I was, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I think we have to have that grounding. I think we okay. need to do that inventory so that we know how to grow. We know what financial goals are important to us. We know what our possibilities might be, but if we don't know who we are and are in touch with what our dreams and goals and all of that stuff is, then we don't get to, you know, flourish. We're not going to grow. And this sounds like a a common running theme because when we had Melissa Campos on, she said the same thing. First, you have to figure out, and it's hard to be self-aware of what your strengths are because it feels a little... You know, egotistical. I'm good at. Right. Do we say what our weaknesses are at that point? Absolutely. Okay. Because here's the thing. We can't find with our weaknesses, we can't ever make them strengths if we don't know what they are. You know, acknowledgement is half the battle, right? We can't address or we can't um, course correct if we don't know what we're not doing Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, and that it's not a right or wrong kind of thing. But if we don't know what we're doing well, we don't know how to, to overcome that. And so identifying our weaknesses is important. And that also means that we identify who we what resources we need to pull in so that they can either compensate for what we don't have or they can complement what we don't have um, so that we have a good foundation. Okay. Right? So that's really important, I think. And, you know, and you had it all along. There's extra it's filled with exercises in order to help people really identify all of the things about who they are. We you really, really take, hold our hand yeah, through this we, process, I, I, which is good. Okay. <laughs> I do. Um, so that's the beginning. So we have to take an inventory. Okay. Always open communication. So I think everybody needs, you know, on a regular basis, an update on their communication skills and how are they communicating with other people. And that also, it's how are they communicating with themselves? What's the negative talk sound like? What is the, you know, self-defeating attitudes that we get wrapped up in? You know, all of those kinds of things. That's Mm -hmm. all part of our communication. Um, People will respect you. They will show you the level of respect that you have for yourself. 
So if you are not demonstrating, let's say you're demonstrating on a continuum of one to 10, if you're demonstrating about a seven or an eight, we'll say eight just to make it, you know, round it off, uh, people will meet you about halfway, typically. So that means they're going to treat you with the level of respect at about a four. How does that feel? Mm. Is that really where you want to be? So, but you're communicating how confident you are, how clear you are on your messaging, all of those kinds of things, and that's directly related to your earning ability. All right, well, give me an example then. How do you communicate confidently right. without sounding egotistical? It's hard, <laughs> right, right? Right, it is hard. Um, so let me see. Take us in the workplace because that's what okay. we want. We want to be treated with respect in the workplace right. so we can succeed. So if you're walking in and saying, I know this might not be my best work, but I really wanted to just give you an update about what we're doing. Okay, well, if you're telling me that this isn't your best work, how am I going to respect? Why wouldn't you bring me your best work? Okay. Okay, so it really has nothing to do with you being about your ego. It really has to do with your performance, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. um, if you're apologizing constantly, there's a lot of people that are apologizers out there, and I understand. I'm I a, am. I, yeah. I'm sorry that the sky is blue today. I, after reading your book, I really right. counted out how many times I say I'm sorry yeah. for the most random things. I have like, nothing. Darn it. I got to stop saying I'm sorry. Right. But when we're communicating that way to our clients, to our employers, to our customers, you know, whoever they are, um, if we're constantly apologizing for something that we're not responsible for, that means that we're feeling you know, yes. unworthy of their respect. Why do we do that? A, a man opened the door for me at uh, at the mall the other day, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What, sorry for what? <laughs> wait a minute. This is getting out of control. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So why All would right. you, you know, why why do we get involved in doing that, right? So yeah. okay. those are some of the ways that we communicate our, our value. Things now like, we're all going to be paying attention, by the way. Right? Count how many times you say I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, and even things like um, if we don't follow up with people. That communicates. Sometimes our, our lack of communication says a whole lot more about us mm. than what we say. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, those kind of there's just there's so many ways that we need to look at our communication, not to mention if we're staying on message and if we're clear about our message, because if we're not clear about what it is that we bring to the world, what we offer, whether it's a service product, you know, idea, whatever it is, um, if we're not clear about in, in our communication mm-hmm. of that, then people aren't going to buy it because confused people don't buy. They don't say yes. Mm. So whether, however they interact with you, they're not going to say yes to building a relationship with you. With you know, If you are setting up an appointment with me because you, and you tell me that you want to find out more about my business or you know, what kind of services I offer, and then we get there and you start asking me out on a date, well, your real intentions were to, to, was to date me not to find out about my business. You use that okay. as a, so there's lots of different ways that we're communicating things. How, how do you communicate confidently when you're dealing with so much stress of finances or mm-hmm. whatever it is in your life, let's say specifically yeah. finances, because that's daunting. That's right. That takes over your life for some people. It does. And I've been there. <laughs> I totally get that. You know, all of this is, is hard won lessons, right? This isn't just, you know, book learning or anything like yeah. that. This is, this is stuff I, I was in the trenches. Uh, but what I found is that when we focus on what we don't have financially, then that's what we attract. So okay. it's a mindset of lack. And so it's scarcity. And so there's not enough money to go around. 
So we're constantly looking for how we're going to bring that. But scarcity invites scarcity. That's what it attracts. So we're only going to get more scarcity. We're not going to get abundance. And so what the, the key to that is flipping that switch and looking at what you already have and surrounding that with gratitude. Because when we do that, abundance attracts abundance. And so then we get more because we're already grateful for what we have. Okay. And that, I have to say, is probably one of the number one ways that I flipped the switch, that I actually started earning money uh, in my business because I was not looking for what I didn't have and searching out for ways to expand that that lack um, when I was already grateful for what I have. And, okay, let's let's just deal with what you have and what are you going to do with it, that things started really turning See, around. See, that's a mindset tweak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the way you, and I think you did mention it in the book, instead of saying, I can't, how did you word it? I can't buy that. I choose. I choose not to buy that today. Okay. You know, and then. I mean, it's such a simple little. Right. Tweak. Right. But it makes all the difference. It does. It does. And so part of that. So then the next part of, from communication, we go into W, right? Power, acronym W, is well-drawn boundaries. So most of us struggle with this. We don't know how to say no sometimes, or we don't know how to say yes. We don't know how to set the internal boundaries to turn off the negative talk. We don't, um, you know, we allow people to get within our space when they don't deserve to be there. Okay. Um, You know, things like that. And it's things like, are you available to your clients 24-7? That's not okay. There needs to be boundaries set on your time. Um, oh, are you over? Oh We're all shaking our head like, oh, oh, that's not a good thing. Right, okay. right, right. Well, and, you know, we think it's so cool that, you know, we have an hour appointment scheduled and we go an hour and a half and we're providing that much more value. And isn't that wonderful? Well, no, it's really not because you haven't valued your time. That's a whole hour that you're not giving to somebody else. You can see more people mm-hmm. and more time if you, you know what I mean? So if you do it that way, if you think about it that way, it really doesn't serve anybody to um, not honor that time and set boundary around that time. And self-care, too, is mm. part of that, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're not setting the, the time to regroup, to do our personal inventory, to learn new skills, to reach out to new people, to um, better ourselves and just to love ourselves, and that means downtime. You know, yeah. I, I still struggle with that. You know, my daughter's going off to college, and... Um, the past week, I really wanted to have nothing to do with business because I want to spend time with her. Yeah. And that's a that's a self-care item for me. I can work 24-7 after she leaves, but I only had this week left to, you know, really spend time with her. Yeah. And so I made that self-care decision. I put that boundary around, I will serve you, but I'm not going to serve you this week. And I'm okay with that. And if they're not okay with that, then, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most empowering things we can do is to tell others that we can't, you know, where our boundary is right now. Um, and if they choose to stick around, great. If they don't, well, that's okay. They weren't your people. Okay. And that's All okay. Right. That's a tough one. Yeah, okay. it is. It's really tough. I, you know, earlier in the summer I had an issue with I was doing way too much I didn't send boundaries around anything. When I finally set the boundary around this one client, um, there was a huge amount of pushback and it tore me apart. I was like, I cannot believe that I can't be everything to everybody. Well, seriously, Sheila, who do you think you are? 
Yeah, I don't think we're supposed to be. We're we not. And then but you know, the desire yeah. is always yeah. there, yeah. right? And um, I would love, I would rather cut my arm off than disappoint somebody, right? So, um, but that's a boundary issue. You know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm probably harder on myself than anybody else will be on me. Which I think that hinders our success too. I think Absolutely. we are a lot harder. Mm-hmm. We're our worst critic. Well, and we get into the perfectionism. Um, yeah. You know, as a recovering perfectionist, I totally get that we want to make everything look good. We want things to go seamlessly. We want to have the right messaging. We want to have the right connections. We want to do all of these things. And nothing appears messy. Well, that was one of the best things I ever did was let go of the perfectionism and embrace the messy. Because you know what? Life is messy. Mm. Business is messy. Finances can be messy. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so instead of fighting that, I'm working, I'm flowing with it. And there, all of that energy I was spending trying to be perfect or appear perfect, I now get to be more creative. I get to meet new uh. people. I get to develop new products. So it has helped, my, helped me grow so much more because I'm okay with not being absolutely perfect. Because that energy, again, that's lack. Because if I'm always trying to be perfect, then I'm not appreciating what I already have. Ah, okay. Right? All right, yeah. And again, that's that scarcity mindset because you're not enough. Yeah, that's one of my big struggles too. So I'm, uh, I set too much energy and attention on cleanliness. (laughs) I mean, if we're going to go real here. Right. I can't do anything. I can't even focus if the house is a disaster. And I change, my mood will change, completely change. And there are days where I'm like, I got nothing done today, business-wise, professionally. I didn't move, you know, elevate my game at all because I was too worried about cleaning bathrooms. I mean, it sounds pathetic. But you are so on target with that because the next um, part of the power acronym is E-Environment. And if we're not willing to declutter our environment, to have an environment that's conducive to our success, we won't be successful. And so you having a clean area for you to work and live and, you know, be with your family is absolutely one of the steps, if you will, to achieving more power. I might take it too far, though. Well, I do. I take it too far. Well, okay, That's fine. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know. If the room is a mess. I know I have a problem, but I'm going to work through it because I'm going to rework the way I say it. Right, right. Sheila? (laughs) I appreciate this. Disorder. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to refocus my attention. Um, Okay, so environment. And we've seen the studies about environment, though. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was a home stager and redesigner for, I had that business for five years before I got into the coaching. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I come at it from that point of view as well. So, you know, things like people don't want to spend money on getting a chair that fits them at their um, desk. Right. They're working or they're sitting, they're working at home and they're working at their dining room table and the, the chair is just kind of uncomfortable. So they can get so much work done, but then it really doesn't um, it doesn't work. And so they get up and they have to walk around. They have to go do something else. They'll do a load of laundry or whatever. But it's really because their back is uncomfortable or their butt is uncomfortable because they're sitting in this uncomfortable chair. And so they don't want to spend the two hundred dollars to go buy an ergonomic chair that would actually, you know, but they're spending two hours a day of productivity time or lack of productivity time, Mm -hmm. um, not working 
because they're somehow alleviating the pain of an uncomfortable chair. Well, if you're billing it, we'll say $100 an hour, and you have 10 hours a week that you are not working because you are preoccupied with this uncomfortable chair, you've just lost $1,000. Wow. Okay. So when we look at it that yeah. way, if mm-hmm. we're losing $1,000 a week, that's $52,000 a year that we're not bringing in because we didn't want to spend $200 for an ergonomic chair. Yeah. So it's an investment. You know, you get to invest in yourself right. and your environment. Okay. You know, I mean, it's even things like, okay, not having a printer at the house and always printing at Kinko's or at, you know, Staples or something like yeah. that. Okay. Well, gas time, time away, having to, you know, your time management gets all thrown off because you have to do things so far ahead because you have to go back and pick that up at certain times and things like that. Okay. Well, what would happen if you just invested the $100 or the $200 yep. in a printer in your house? Even things like if you're in your bedroom trying to rest at the end of the day and your walls are screaming orange or red or, you know, this electric blue that is an energy color, like vivid energy, um, are you really able to rest? Mm. Your bedrooms at night need to be, you know, not with your laptop there, not with your home office there, you know, those kinds of things because that rest is important, That and but that is directly related to our environment. You know, if our room is a mess, are you really going to sleep well? No. No. Oh, God, no. Right? So environment's a big big part of that. So you're not too far off, Sandy. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the last is the R. Right, so that's reframing our choices, right? So we get to decide how we react to situations. Okay, so now this is a big one. Yeah, this is really big. This is a big one, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to finances. Yeah. Okay. And this is, you know, all about the zebra thing, right? So, you know, everybody knows me as the zebra. That's been my brand for years and, you know, all of that. People are like, what the heck? And, um, but I was going through a really hard time and I thought that the rock was coming towards me. I was backed up into the corner and I didn't know how I was going to get out. I, I literally said, I have no choices. And... When I said that, a friend of mine said, Sheila, you always have a choice. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Not this time. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get smashed. And then I started thinking about the choices I had. And I actually did. And I became, you know, uh, I became a victor in that. And I, I got myself out of that situation. It was still painful, but I certainly came out winning. Okay. Mm. Um, a couple months after that, I read a poem by Shel Silverstein. And it was the thing about zebras. And that moment when I got out of the the corner was the most empowering moment I've had because I realized that I can't choose myself out of this situation. It's happening, but I get to choose my reaction. And the way I react is going to change the course of my direction. And so when I read the poem by Shel Silverstein, he had asked the zebra, are you black with white stripes or white with black stripes? And the zebra answered with questions like, well, are you neat with tidy? Or are you neat with sloppy ways or sloppy with neat ways? Are you good with bad habits or bad with good habits? And it went on and on and on. And, um, but what I realized is that I can use the zebra print to decide or to be a visual reminder that I have the power to choose. Yeah. And so when we get to reframe that choice, so... You know, it can be something as simple as I can't afford that. Well, no, I'm choosing not to invest my money in that today. It's a very, di- that's a much more powerful stance than I can't afford it. Because again, where are we? I'm, when we have choices, we have abundance. If we get to choose between two different things, that's an abundant mindset. If we're always stuck in the I can't, or I'm not going to, or I'm okay, that's lack. 
that scarcity, that's not going to bring any financial windfall. What do they say? The law of attraction? Yeah. I mean, you just well, set it too. out there, set the right. intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, and I, I think the thing is, is that there also needs to be a conscious choice to use the talents that you've been given. Okay. Right? We can't sit in the middle of our living rooms or the middle of our offices and say, money come. We've been given everything we need to be successful. It's on us to use what we've been given. Mm. Right? Um, that's what confidence is all about. Confidence is actually, when I did the, the word history of that, it actually comes from the Latin word confidere, and that means to trust. It doesn't mean self-esteem. And so if we are trusting that we are always going to be supported, and it doesn't always look like we think it's going to look, right? <laughs> yeah. we, we all know that, but we have what we need to survive each situation and to eventually thrive. And I know that because you and I are talking today. If we hadn't been supported in every moment, we wouldn't be here. So if, if confidence is trusting that you're going to be supported, that directly relates to our risk-taking ability. Because I know that even if I fall flat on my face, I am going to be supported. So the falling doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be my demise. I'm going to learn something, and I'm going to be able to overcome. Because... I have everything I need. I'm fully supported. Self-esteem, on the other hand, that, so if confidence is trusting that you will be supported, self-esteem is believing that you are worthy of the support. Okay. So when we're identifying if we have a confidence issue versus a self-esteem issue, it actually changes how we approach that. And because if you have a, an issue with trust, it's usually self-judgment or self-trust that we don't trust our own judgment. Um, I made that mistake before, so I will never make it again. Um, you know, things like that. So we, we, I've been hurt, so I'm not going to put myself out there to make different connections. Um, you know, things like that. I, whatever. And that is directly going to impact our financial bottom line. If it's a worthiness issue, you need to overcome that through the personal inventory, through all those things that you are worthy of success happening to you because until you address that worthiness issue, you won't be a magnet for abundance. Okay. So it helps to define where the problem is because A, again, acknowledgement is half the battle, but then you know where to focus your attention so that you can change the dynamic. Then you can take the risks that you need to succeed. Exactly. And taking risks are tough. Yeah. If you're struggling with being a perfectionist, You don't ever want to allow yourself to fall. But those are the moments we should embrace. Absolutely. Well, every quote unquote failure is only a failure if you don't learn something from it. There's a gift wrapped up in every failure. But it's our choice to unwrap that gift and find out what it is. We could sit here and just say, I just suck at everything. I get, you know, all of Mm -hmm. those things. Or play the victim. Right. We often do. We all do it. We blame. We, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Or... We can choose to say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? And if all you learn is that you don't want to do it that way again, then that's okay. That's a beautiful gift because that helps form us, right? And so, but again, if we look at it as a gift, that's abundance, not scarcity. I'm not focusing on what I don't have or what I didn't achieve. Mm -hmm. I'm focusing on what have I been given? And again, that gratitude piece with that is huge. So... It's actually really good for people to fail 
or to appear to have failed because they can they come back stronger. We don't know what we don't know until <laughs> we have those moments, right? And what was it in the in the book too? Because you interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs in the book Choices to Changes, and it was Jeff Hoffman, right, mm-hmm. co-founder mm-hmm. of Priceline. He said, "What did he? He said failure was well. He he appreciated like the Thomas Edison view of <laughs> I have not failed. I just found what won't work, but um, it allows him to discover a new way to do things. And we need to learn from other people. You know, watch and learn and." Yep. and what we can from what other people are doing so that we don't make those same. I, I hate to use the word mistakes because I think they're all just learning opportunities, you know, and that's part of the reframing. All right. Now it's time for the return on investment, the ROI. What is that one lesson that we can take away the, the financial nugget or the, the one thing that we'll walk away with today and be like, okay, I got it. I'm going to implement <laughs> this today. Oh goodness. Okay. So there's, a, there's a couple things I'm going to roll into one thing. Okay. Um, one is, is knowing the difference of you having a confidence issue versus a self-esteem issue. So are you trusting that you're going to be supported, that everything's going to work out? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not being haphazard with our risk taking. That's not just, oh, it'll all be fine. It all works out in the end. You know, I mean, Mm. it's not about not doing your due diligence, right? And not using what you've been given. Um, But it is being able to take those risks. If you have a self-esteem issue, you know, if you're feeling like you're really not worthy of this because you did this wrong or you did that wrong or whatever, you need to address that issue because that's all part of our mindset moxie, right? Um, There's three things that everybody needs to be or to have in order to have more financial success in life, whether that's as a business owner or an employee, whatever. So um, that lends into our mindset, Moxie. We need to be courageous in our mindset. We need to have that ability to trust ourselves, to make good decisions so that we can take bigger risks and have a bigger payoff. David Day was one of the um, entrepreneurs that said no great reward came without great risk. And so if you want the big deal, if you want the, you know, the big payoff, you got to be willing to go out on the ledge and know that, you know, if you jump, you're going to be supported one way or the other. I think a lot of us have a problem with indecisiveness. Yes. And that we need to remove. Yes, absolutely. And indecisiveness is because we're fear of failing, the right. fear of failing. Right. Or rejection. And that leads us into we have to have courageous connections, whether it we need to connect with our bosses, we need to connect with our clients, our customers, our friends and family, our support systems. If we're not courageous in doing that, if we don't put ourselves out there to do that, then guess what? If we're not authentic and we're all of those things and and we're so striving for perfection that we can't authentically connect with people, we're not going to grow. And that's not going to help us because we're not going to get introduced to the people that are going to help us make better financial decisions and make the op- create opportunities for us to make more money. Um, and then there's structure. So we all need this savvy structure so that we can be more successful. One of the things when I was way back when, when I first started out, social media was not a thing or it was not a, a popular thing. Nobody really knew how to use it. And so I kind of, I had no money. I had no marketing budget. I was building a business and I had no idea how to do it. So I learned. And, um, but one of the things was that I needed, so I learned how to do that. I was successful at it. I was getting all kinds of national attention, all that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. Okay. But 
when I started doing this for clients, the first thing we did is make sure that their infrastructure was going to support turning on the water faucet of social media and marketing attention. Because if their infrastructure wasn't shored up, if it wasn't solid, then when people came to do business with them, they were going to turn them away or disappoint them. And it's really hard to get that back. Uh So if you were having podcasts, you know, you were scheduling podcasts out, but you forgot to put it in your calendar and people were showing up at the studio all the time and you were always behind the eight ball and people are finally going to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that with Sandy Waters anymore because she never shows up on time or she never. Okay. That's part of your infrastructure is your calendar. What are you known for? Right. You know, so um, that is all, you know, putting your systems together, your procedures, you're thinking about what happens with all of the, you know, different events that could surround your business or your employment um, and making sure that you are showing up how you want to show up. Sheila Kennedy, thank you so much. Choices to changes and uh, you had it all along. Two books that you can get on Amazon. Perfect. Thank you. I love talking with you, Sandy. Thanks so much. All right. Now that we have our confidence in order, let's get our work-life balance in order. How many times have you said it? Gosh, there's just not enough time in the day. There's too much to do. If you struggle with that too, make sure you join us next week on the 7 Figures Podcast presented by Family First Credit Union. Thanks for subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, and checking us out on rochesterbuzz.com. Reach out anytime on Twitter at SandyWaters98 or 7 Figures Pod. And my email, Sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. Talk to you next week. 